You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower Ooh. Falling off my roof ah! And my heels are on the ground <gasps> Black feet! What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world you can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to Closer I am to I'm coming with you. Okay. This is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else sings along. Humans only have one ending. Get that Barbie! Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. Hi, Barbie. It's a really good time to come talk about the movie today. You guys really excited? Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be a fun one for us to talk about tonight. And we're going to have a great, great time. I'm so looking forward to playing volleyball and going to the beach and having a sunshiny type of day. It is going to be so much fun. And we got a great crew to do this with. Of course, let's welcome first to the show, Amy Chandler. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks. It's the best day ever. Of course it is. And of course, Mr. Nick Frazier is here once again. Hi, Ken. I can. And of course, we couldn't do the show with the man, the, the mustache and the beard, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy, Barbie. 
You're ready. You're, you're not going to be able to keep that up. No, no. You should just stop right now. I know you can't keep that up for many more uh, minutes. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, I can't. I couldn't keep. That I think up, my head uh, would listening explode to if I kept that going. I think all our heads would explode. Yes. <laughs> but I give you an A for effort, sir. No, I thought you I was gave it that good Barbie try. I tried, and I gave it a good try, and it. it it was a cheer for the crowd. It was a cheer for everyone out there. Sure. And it's going to be so much fun to talk about this movie. They loved it. They really, really loved this. Who knew this was going to be the biggest movie of the summer? Woo-hoo. So, Mr. Mike, take it away. Well, so far, it's not quite that yet. Um, it did was an impressive uh, weekend. And I think, uh, I think a lot of that is due to the excellent marketing strategy of uh Warner Brothers but also uh Barbenheimer this gra- this uh grassroots film buff crazy ridiculous thing that took over um uh, I did the uh of course we did the Barbenheimer weekend uh so uh, we are reviewing both yeah, movies this is this is don't do that don't 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 do that uh the <laughs> the the first I'll go in, uh you know uh do podcasters go on strike is that the thing um anyway um uh <laughs> the uh but the box office was really solid uh it grossed 162 million um in the United States and Canada 182 worldwide that um actually well yeah another 182 in other territories so that was a worldwide total of 344 million that is huge, actually. It is set the record for a opening weekend uh, in July of any film that's not a sequel, remake, or superhero property. And like I said, I do think that uh, the Barbenheimer uh, sort of wave that hit was uh, pretty impressive. I think we've talked about that before. I don't want to get too much into it because we do want to review the movie, but... Uh, how many here um, did the Barbenheimer weekend? I know that I did. Uh, Nick did. Okay. So all in, you know, all in one day. Nick all in one day. That's, oh, wow. Nick was the one who did it all in one day. That's impressive. Can I ask which one you did first? We had no choice. We were scheduled for Barbie first. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, so, uh, and it'll be interesting to get your perspective based on that. Um yeah, so, but I mean, I think a lot of us had high hopes for this. When we talked about it in our uh, summer preview, we all thought that this one, pardon the pun, had legs, right? We all thought that this one uh, had the had had the ability to to go the distance when it came to the box office. It is a known property. The word of mouth seemed really interesting, uh, good on it. The, the the trailer seemed fun. It looked like it was going to be maybe that movie of the summer, and so far. Uh, I think it, it pretty much has. I think, um, I think, uh, Tom Cruise is like kicking himself a little bit because he got, uh, he certainly got, uh, Barbenheimer this weekend. Uh, we'll see what, what's really going to be interesting is the next weekend to see if it drops at all or, or if it's just a fad for the weekend. But in any case, Barbie did pretty well box office wise, but we're here to talk about how we felt about the movie uh amy i want to start with you like what was your thoughts going in were you were you a barbie fan were you a, i don't know do they do they have, 
Do they have a name for Barbie fans? Like, is it like a Barbie? I don't know what it would be. We would have. Uh, yeah, I was a Barbie girl back in the day. Barbie girl. Okay, we'll call it. Barbie okay, girl. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll take that. Barbie girl. So, so was this something you were really anticipating? What were your thoughts going into this movie? Well, this movie, getting excited for it, was actually like a slow burn for me. Like when I first heard, I think I first heard um, about the Barbie movie back when Amy Schumer was attached to be in it. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting idea. But at the same time, I was like, that just feels like Mattel trying to make money. So, yeah, it might be an interesting take. But then, you know, she left the project. We got Margot Robbie. And I'm like, okay, that's the obvious choice for Barbie. So I thought we'd backslid a little bit. But then I heard that Greta Gerwig was attached. And then I got, this is when I started to get interested. But at that point, I was still just kind of interested. I mean, full disclosure, I planned on seeing Oppenheimer this weekend. I hadn't necessarily planned on seeing Barbie. Um, but I, I got sucked into the marketing. I got sucked into the Kennergy of Ryan Gosling. Um, I love nice. Greta Gerwig. Um, I was like... I thought, actually, this could be like the fun summer movie of 2023. So I I was excited to see it. Nice. Nice. Uh, I don't know what you guys experienced in the movie theater. Like I said, I saw it opening day on, t- on Thursday. I have never before seen so much pink in the theater. Like, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of women, girls, men wearing pink. Uh, it was, uh, it was a quite something. Um, and I will say too, one thing that I don't want to sound like I'm like shocked or anything, but I was very impressed. The fact that, uh, I saw teenage girls, I saw women, uh, of all ages dressed in pink, excited to see this movie. And it was not just white women. It was not just, I mean, there was all, it was a diverse crowd of lots lots of different uh ethnicities represented in the theater that I was in and I thought that's that's something you don't normally associate with Barbie right like Barbie is this like perfect pretty white girl that you know that that set the standard and that's what that's where they had a lot of criticisms have come now I know that there's been other types of Barbies and of oh, course yeah. in the movie we see that a lot by the way, we haven't mentioned it yet, but we are going to spoil this thing. So if you have not yet seen Barbie, if you have not exper- had the Barbie experience yourself, um, go see the movie, come back and we uh, and join us because we're going to talk. We're going to try to d- dig a little deeper into some of the th- things that happened in this movie. Spoilers, but be careful, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, uh, Nick, what about you? What was your experience like? What was what drew you to go see this this weekend? I, what drew you to go do the Barbenheimer experience in one day? I am very much not the target audience for this movie. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I remember being exposed to Barbie dolls as part of a psychological study when I was younger. That's a much longer story. If Oof. you want to hear, I'll tell you later. Goodness gracious! Uh, um, but of course, I'm not unaware of who Barbie is and what Barbie means to American kiddom. Um, but uh, my buddy, who's my partner in crime in Seattle Movie Geek, said, no, we're doing this. Look, Barbenheimer, it's a thing. We've got to go do this. We haven't had a big movie event in a while. We we have to go do this. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, I'm digging the feeling of screw you, studio, for setting up a false dichotomy between two movies you know, I, I, I reject your counter-programming and substitute my own double feature. And I kind of dug that. 
And and you know, and my my boy, he bought the tickets that we're going to go. It's like, okay, I guess we're going to do this then. Um, and also, as with Amy, I thought, okay, Greta Gerwig, eh, you know, now I'm kind of interested. And and she and Margot Robbie saying, this is a movie if you love Barbie. This is a movie if you hate Barbie. Mm-hmm. Thinking, okay. And then you know, I got the whole thing was okay. She's been twice nominated for screenplays as well as nominated for director. Um, Ryan Gosling looks like he's having fun. Um, you know, I'll give it a whirl. We'll see what happens. Um, what I wasn't prepared for hmm. when I was, when we walked out of Barbie, I said to my buddy, I said, you know, going into this thing, I wouldn't have said that I thought the more existential and philosophical movie of this double feature was going to be Barbie. <laughs> and it's looking like it is. They've kind of lift, raised the bar here. <laughs> raised um, the Barbie. Yeah, they've definitely raised the Barbie. Now, at my audience was perhaps a little different than Amy's because I went to an over 21 only theater that serves alcohol. Ah. But now, and the best and kind of theaters. The, uh, the, the audience was, was probably majority female, but not overwhelmingly female. My buddy and I were not the only two guys in the theater. I will go so far as to say my buddy and I weren't even the only two straight guys in the theater. Um, it, it, there was a, there was a nice mix um, okay. of people. Okay. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Mike, I think we talked, like I said, I think we talked about it uh, when we did our preview, but going into this, certainly from there, uh, from that moment when we recorded to now, I mean, this, the, this 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 whole movement of Barbie Oppenheimer etc. This weekend just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Of course. And with, were your expectations bigger as well with that? Along with that? No, I tried going in with for both movies with an open mind and everything, and it was interesting too because with the films, you know, each one had its own identity, its own feel. Yeah, I bought into the you know. Barbenheimer stuff and I was going to have fun with it and it was just you know and it was neat to see everyone getting excited for both movies because truthfully not a lot of people were getting excited for movies this summer and it was nice to see the movie theaters packed it was great to go see Oppenheimer down in Florida with friends and it was interesting to see the, all the women wearing pink. It was great to see the little girls dressed up as Barbie or as, you know, and even going, holding some, this one little girl was holding her Barbies, like four of them. Hmm. And it was great to see that because that's the base audience for it. I'm not the base audience for it. And even this afternoon, I went to like a four o'clock showing of it and the theater was packed for a Monday and I was excited to see that. And it was great to see it, the movie theater with, you know, all these people, because it's always any movie you see is always better with a full house. And you got to see people laughing all at the right, right spots and, you know, going at the right spots and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, it was worth it to see it like that. And did the movie exceed my expectation? Of course it did. Of, you know, and, you know, but I didn't go in with any expectations. I walked out smiling. That's not a high bar. No, not at all. <laughs> but, you know, I enjoyed it. I think it 
this is a great, great film for young girls and to, you know, boost their confidence and to try to, you know, have, you know, women, girl power and, you know, showing that a girl can do anything. She could be president. She could be a Supreme Court justice. She can, you know, be a doctor or whatever she wants to be. And that's what I loved seeing. And it also showed how jaded the rest of the world is and everything. And that's one of the things I loved about this film. And, and you know, having Greta part of this film, you know, directing and writing it, I loved Lady Bird. I think Lady Bird was genius. And I was, that's, you know, that's what drew me to the film mostly. If If she wasn't attached to it, I probably would have skipped it in all truth because you know i'm not a barbie guy so you know type thing so i i do want to mention i as i know we're here to praise barbie and not to bury oppie but um <laughs> the the joining them together worked out well for both parties people are talking about how barbie won that well barbie won but barbie helped a lot because oppenheimer was projected at doing uh 30 million and it did eighty million. Yeah, yeah. They they both lifted each business. other up. Even so higher. they lifted each other up. Yeah, yeah Barbie uh, was don't, all. Don't be an oppie pooper. No, I'm not going to be an oppie pooper. But Barbie was always going to win this because. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. Dem- the demographic it's aimed at, the fact yeah. that it's a a, a shorter runtime, the rating of the film. I'm not at all surprised. That's what ended up happening. It was so nice being out of the theater under two hours for once. It was yeah, that's so true. nice being out of <laughs> the true. theater. Um, I'm going to say, all right, so obviously when the movie was first announced and everything like that, Barbie the movie, Barbie the movie, it's going to be just another toy tie-in franchise, Mattel, Warner Brothers, boom, 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 right? Uh, I do think it is kind of interesting, the counter-programming, the somewhat spiteful count- counter-programming, because Warner Brothers was like, hey, Nolan, you're not working for us anymore? Guess what? We're going to put a big movie, it's long alongside yours, ha, have a nice day, um, and I think that Warner Brothers, uh, I think, you know, Warner Brothers kind of like is like, oh, damn, we miscalculated. Um, but uh, damn, that Nolan got us again. Um, but I, as the movie came out, or the, more and more information came out about the movie, Greta Gerwig, and I haven't seen her other work. I'm really curious to do so now. Um, but uh, I, I have not seen Greta's work. early work. Yeah. And uh the more but the more i heard about her skill as a filmmaker and the more i saw trailers for this the 2001 ish trailer that they released a few months ago was awesome they they released some more you know trailers as we got further along and they just seemed entertaining and fun and i thought you know i might have thought at the beginning of this when it was announced that hey i'm not the target audience for this but after watching it, I'm like, I am the target audience for this. I am the target audience because I like fun, smart movies. I like fun, stylized, competent, well-acted, fun, song, like sing and dance comedy movies. Like everything to me worked on this level. Uh, I don't see any reason why this, like, screw target audiences. I think this is an audience, like, if you say, like, oh, this movie's just for girls. No, it's not just for girls. Ken's story is really, really important to this movie. Not more important, but it is important to this movie as well. I think that's being kind of overlooked. Well, in some ways it's being overlooked, although um, certainly uh, Ryan's getting a lot of attention, especially even 
uh, award talk already uh, for him. Um, and that song, I'm Just a Ken, is just the one of the best songs that has been out there. Anyway, let's get into more specifics. Amy, what, what did you like about the movie? Um, tell us, uh, you know, overall what you liked. If you want to get more specific, please do so as well. Oh, well, one of the first things I liked about it was that it was so stylized. I loved that they didn't phone it in and they were like, if we're going to do this, it's going to look exactly, exactly like the Barbie dream house from 1980, whatever. Everything's going to be pink. Everything will be made out of plastic. I love, love, love that they did not rely on CGI, that they relied on practical effects, um, especially the, the sequence when they're traveling to the real world and back, those sequences right. with like, the camper van and the boat and, you know, the bicep, all of that was all practical effects. They had to create all that, build that, shoot it like they used to do in old school silent movie style. I loved all of that. You could really feel the love from the filmmakers, from the costumers, all the way, all the way up. They really you could just tell how much joy that they put into this production, um, which I just I just loved. I love the music, like you just said. Um, Ryan Gosling singing um, I'm Just a Ken. That, is, that song is great. But um, his cover of Push by Matchbox 20, had no idea I needed that in my life. <laughs> but I do, and I did, and I thank him for that. It was just, it. yes. I mean, there are so many, so many high points um, to this movie. I thought the script was great. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, um, the acting was amazing. I just, I walked away just blown away. I was not expecting that at all. I expected it to be fun, especially when I started seeing some pictures. I expected it to be fun. Um, I knew that there'd be some sort of empower, girl power message, but I was just really um, all the praise this movie is getting from critics is very well earned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Nick, what about you? What is something about the movie that really, really resonated with you? Oh, there was a lot. I, I, I think it's the the audience for this film is a lot broader than anticipated. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, for me, you know, I thought, oh, it's a toy movie, but the benchmark i had for it was for a toy movie that could be good was the lego movie um and this even blew past that um despite having you know similar themes to it she goes on this whole hero's journey um i mean i, I swear to god gerwig must have had a copy of campbell with her when she was writing <laughs> the script because you know the universe goes out of balance and she she consults the shaman who's weird Barbie up on the hill. Which was and Kate McKinnon is amazing. I love Kate McKinnon. She just throws herself into anything. She was wonderful with this. Perfect um, you know, casting. She goes out into the real world and causes another complication that she has to then later uh, um, change, you know, another part of the hero's journey. And it, it just, oh, that, that part was great. Um, Amy, you mentioned the practical uh, effect aspect. Apparently, one of the things that Greta Gerwig likes to uh, do are those big painted backdrops, mm -hmm. that, and she refers to them as authentically artificial. Yes. Which I think is kind of an oxymoron. I would prefer theatrical, but, you know, she 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 lists the number of musicals she gets into, and I'm, I'm listening to her talk and thinking, 
damn girl, you're deep on the movie history here. Mm, excellent. Um, and you know, musicals aren't even my main jam here, but it's clearly she knows what she's doing. And as an Angelino, I have to tell you that whole office suite thing with Will Ferrell and the other men running Mattel was hilarious because of how impossible that, that painting out the window is. <laughs> um, and I, oh, love I, when I was they, thinking the same they, thing when they switch it around after the end, when Barbie has decided how she's going to go on her journey, um, Gloria and her family take her to a real intersection, Wilshire and, and uh, uh, when it meets the Pacific Coast in Santa Monica, going into a real building, whether or not there's a gynecologist's office in that, I have no idea, but there probably is. Um, but yeah, that that's that. Then then we're we're into the real things. Unlike Oppenheimer, I love the fact this movie took some time to breathe. Uh, there's that wonderful scene where we first meet Rhea Perlman. That's very peaceful. There's, there's that wonderful scene, scene on the bench. Yes, that's where oh, I was yes. going. Where she that that was the one that 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 affected me the most. Where she meets this old lady, and you think she's going to say something dumbass, and she just says, "You're beautiful," and the old lady says, "Yeah, I am." Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> I know oh, it. Yeah, right, they, I'm like, right well, thank you. you. My right my you. understanding my understanding is from Greta, an interview I saw with her. She was like. She they they went to film that scene and I guess some of the higher ups were there that day or whatever and they were worried about cost and all that kind of stuff and they were like, do we need this scene? This seems kind of like why this doesn't this is kind of a nothing scene and and Greta just stood her ground. She said, this scene is the movie. If this scene's not in the movie, then this whole movie doesn't work. And and uh, you know it's moments like that. I mean, she stands up for that kind of thing, and I think that's representative of what she, she was trying to accomplish here. It's not just for the pretty girls. Although one of my favorite moments is uh, when when uh, you know Barbie says that she's at her lowest point, and she says, you know, I, I I'm not me anymore. I'm ugly. And then you get that wonderful voiceover that says, like, yes. uh, well, the filmmakers want to comment that. Uh, Casting Margot Robbie is probably not best to make this point. Yes. <laughs> Something I to love that effect. That they acknowledged that. That yes. is great. I, I <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we get it. I, I think at us. We get it. For, for people who think you should not have voiceovers in movies, oh, they, Helen should listen, they should listen to what they do with Helen Mirren here because it is so smart and funny. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's uh, other things about the movie that you liked? Well, the empowerment was just wonderful throughout this. The story, the the journey that Barbie went on. And it was wonderful from her discovering that, you know, she actually has to drink stuff and have liquid go into her mouth. And it was it was it was awesome. It was just neat to see the character grow right in front of you. And Margot Robbie was fantastic in that role. He and. continues to impress the hell out of me. I, I, I am of the opinion now that she's really one of our, our generation's best right now. She, I don't know if there's anything she can't do. No, probably. I, but it was interesting to see, you know, you know, also, you know, Ken, on the other hand, who was in love with Barbie the whole time and just wanted her attention. And when she wasn't get, when he wasn't getting it, you know, basically reverting to all the ugliness of what 
mankind, you know, of male kind, I should say. And how quickly him coming back just over a day or so was able to, you know, revert Barbie land into whatever land Ken was going to call it. Hendom. And Hendom, yes. And it was, it was just, it was really, really interesting with that. With his, with his Mojo Dojo Casa House. Uh, I think one of the best things in the world was that they didn't end up together. I thought that was brilliant and everything. I didn't think they needed to be. I mean, you know, they got to leave that open for the Ken movie. (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, look, I mean, Ken needs to go on his journey. Right. Like he needs to find out who he is. Uh, I think it was really cool to acknowledge at the beginning that Ken was created as an accessory. Like he's not his own. No. He's not his own being. He's not his own doll. He's not his. It's no line of Ken's like and and the Barbies completely take them for granted. Um, I mean, you know, it's very much like compared to compared to real world is very much like the opposite right but um uh but the the fact that at the i mean there's one point where someone goes uh i think the girl i can't remember her name but the girl asks barbie like where do the kens live and she's like barbie's like i, I have I've no never idea like they, yeah. they, just, I, I know they're just like they don't have a thing they don't have like they just yeah. And at the end, like she, like Barbie apologizes to Ken. Like, I am really sorry about all that. Like she had no idea. She had no idea. Despite the fact that Ken did what he did and he, you know, but it, that it wasn't without reason. And unfortunately it just reflected what he was seeing in the real world, which was, mm-hmm. uh, which was thing. one other thing I wanted to point out too, cause I love that all of that, but I think what I really love most about the movie is that, I I give credit to Greta and everybody for writing the script and everything. Thank you, Mattel, for agreeing to do this and not saying, oh, that makes us look bad. Like, everything about the office of Mattel looks horrible. Oh, Will yeah, Ferrell cool. is on fire as the C. Like, he is great. Um, he's I always love Will Ferrell used in moderation. And here he's used so excellently. Um, and and yet it makes Mattel look like idiots, uh, hypocritical idiots. And yet the company is like, yes, please do that and uh, we'll pay you for it. Like it, it's I'm glad they took the chance and they didn't mind um, a little bit of self-effacing nonsense because it works in the movie. And I think it's important. The movie doesn't work with, as much without it. I do want to make one point, Michael. I was I, was, I thought about this. Um, yeah, Ken and Barbie don't ever end up the way they do in, in the toy world in, in, in Barbie land. Because of course, the logic of the toy line is for preteen girls. So their relationship has to be chased. Um, you can't bring more biological realities into things. Um, at least in the way that it's marketed by the company. So, you know, you have this guy, <laughs> he's handsome, he's nice to look at, he's going to go beach, um, you know, in their, in their beautiful, perfect, all the time sunny world. But I have nighttime, a beach off. I can have a beach off, but at nighttime, it's a party just for the Barbies. Yep. 
with President Barmy and journalist. Yeah, because the cans are just going to go wherever they need the, to. Like the, it, they go into, the, they get shoved in the toy box for them. Yeah, night, and right? and of course, so so what really the the the, the real uh, agent of change here for Ken isn't simply how Barbie's treating him, but when he gets to the real world and he sees, wait, there's a world where men run things. Exactly. Oh, give me more of that. Um, and and I get horses and and big cars. I I was kind of uh, concerned that they were just going to have farm Ken off to a horse farm somewhere because, you know that that's really what he was mostly in love with. Uh, but I I am glad they they ended up the way they they worked it out the way they did. Amy, how did you feel about uh, Ken's story? And I know his song rocks, but uh, <laughs> and, and and of course that T shirt. I am Ken enough, right? Like. Right. I am Kenoff. <laughs> um, well, I wore pink to the movie theater, but today I am wearing blue to uh, rep Ken. Oh, okay. Um, I loved his story. I mean, the whole story with Barbie and with um, America Ferreira's uh, character, Gloria, I... I certainly, a lot of that story, I it resonated with me, but it was Ken's story that I found that was the captivating story for me. Um, to see him struggle with who he is and what does that mean to figure out who he is. Um, I, I loved all that. I thought that that was, that's a story that we don't, I don't feel like I have seen very much of portrayed in a way that even though it's a comedy, it was a very honest portrayal. Mm-hmm. He was, he was the one that was marginalized. He was the one that was ignored or, you know, was basically a ghost and, he was just an accessory and that's to see that story flipped was really interesting. And Ryan Gosling, I I really feel like all the talk about awards, I think is warranted. He brought heart. He, you could see the, the pain he, you could see when he was joyful. I, I loved the, he just had the innocence about him, especially in the beginning um, I, I loved his journey. I thought that was great. And I am looking forward to that, that next movie. You know, I, I think the, the one thing that I would change about this movie is if we could have seen that moment at the very end with all the kins together saying, Hey, let's figure out who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gosling's kin already knew that he was into horses. He'd already discovered that about himself. So let's <laughs> see where that leads, you know, and maybe another kin would have been into, you know, several of them are wearing outfits like they were playing tennis in 1987. Maybe somebody was into tennis or whatever. I would have liked just to have that moment um, with the kins because I do think that the story was about Kenneth as much as it was about Barbie. Um, so yeah, I loved his journey. I loved his story. Yeah, and we should also right. we should also take a moment to praise Ken and Ken and Ken and Ken and not just Ken. Yeah, right. You're right. so right, especially Ken. I mean, he was amazing. Yeah. Love I mean, so Ken. You, you've got you, you've got well, you've got you've got uh, Sima. I'm going to get the name wrong. Simu Lu. Simu Lu. Yeah, he was amazing. As, I loved him. As, Primary antagonist Ken. Yeah. Um, uh, Kingsley Benadir, who I've mostly seen as a villain on uh, Secret Wars. And the future were, Doctor Who. Ken. I was about to say Shudi Gatron um, was there. And and you've got you've got John Cena as Mermaid Ken. <laughs> um, and uh, and <laughs> I didn't and, see him. Oh, you, you, nobody. He's not him. exist for you. Okay. Um, and 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 then Alan. Who's the Alan. only one that can see the Ken's BS? Um, you <laughs> I, know, 
I got to I got to uh, I got to ask you right now and you're like cuz you played with Barbie. I mean, I knew about Barbie. My sister had Barbies, et cetera, et cetera. So I I I knew some of the thing. I couldn't I couldn't even guess at half of the easter eggs that are in this. Some of them of course in our face, like Alan, uh Teen Talk Barbie, uh um Oh, I love Skipper with the growing boobs. The uh <laughs> Teen Talk Barbie is the one with the the um the the camera like in her chest right is that the one right. uh, yeah. sugar daddy can uh like there's just ones that i and all the costumes and all the play sets and everything like that um did did any of anything in the movie like just resonate you like like with you as far as that perspective like oh my god i had that outfit or oh my god i had that um, I, oh, I, I, oh, I wish. Um, I did have <laughs> Malibu Barbie and I had Malibu Ken and I wanted, I coveted <laughs> all the other things. And I just had just a couple of outfits and just a couple of accessories. I think truthfully, my mom was kind of ambivalent about Barbie mm-hmm. um, and what kind of message um, she sent. So she didn't really encourage that. Um, but yes, there were definitely things in this, in this movie I wanted to see. I mean, one of the things with Barbie is the accessories. I wanted to see the dog and we got the dog, the pooping dog, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just to see like her house and the refrigerator. These were things that I remember from being little. Um, but the number one thing I needed and I got was the, um, Corvette, the, uh, convertible, the Barbie convertible. And we had it. We had it in different colors. I would buy one today for me right now. Can I have a grown-up size one? I, I yes, that is exactly what I wanted to see. Which one was the? Uh, all right, there was. Uh, which was it? Midge was that? Was she Midge the pregnant one? Yes. Midge was the pregnant one. I was happy to see her. She was a fun little Easter egg. Um, I mean, it was just be in the background and she just waved. She would. She'd be in the background. She'd just show up and then like there's that one scene towards the end where. Where Will Ferrell just walks by my ear and he's like, Midge, I thought we discontinued you. <laughs> he, just goes and he just walks on. Like, oh man, he was on fire. Um, and then you've got Skipper, uh, well, growing up. Skipper. Weird Barbie, which is, she's not canon, but we, if you didn't have one, you know somebody who did, you know, the one where you cut her hair and you drew on her face and, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, ever, I mean, I know most people who had a brother that would decapitate the Barbie. I'm kind of happy that we, <laughs> we didn't have, you know, arms and legs being torn off. And, you know, a lot of households had that Barbie that was pretty weird. One of my favorite throwaways, I don't think it's a throwaway scene, perhaps. My favorite little random scenes is when America Ferrera's Gloria says, I had a weird Barbie. And Kate McKinnon just jumps in. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> I, so, 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 Amy, you talk about your mother being somewhat ambivalent about Barbie. One of the things I loved about the movie was the intergenerational nature of Gloria and Sasha's relationship to Barbie, because of course Sasha is right now at the age where she's rebelling against pretty much everything, um, you know, and and so she's going to make a feminist stand against Barbie, um, and she's going to make her cry. Uh, yeah, but Gloria, Gloria, Gloria works there and remembers it, and I remember watching the the the, the meditation scenes. Stereotypical Barbie is having to find out who she needs to talk to. And we never see the other person. And but I thought to myself, I'll bet that's her mother. And then you see it not only is it her mother, it's the the 
you know, not quite secretary we've already met, America Freer. And okay, oh, now we're going to bring that all around. Mm-hmm. They do have that whole mother-daughter thing going on. I want to ask a question of you guys. And it's a criticism I keep hearing uh, about this movie from smarty pants people. Mm. America Fiera has this wonderful speech about the inherent contradictions of modern American woman. And I've seen a lot of people say, oh, it's too obvious. It, it reads like a seminar. What do you guys think? Because I have thoughts. Well, for me, um, that's the speech I was expecting. When I heard that there was going to be a Barbie movie, I knew that that speech was going to happen. But what was interesting to me is, um, you know, I saw it on Sunday and I'd already knew a whole bunch of people had already seen it by that point. And I was asking them, you know, what did you think? And they were all like, oh my God, that speech. There was something about the way that speech was done. And that moment with America Ferreira, that was, I know a lot of women who felt seen in that moment. Even though we knew it was coming, there was something about the way that that was done that it was like, yes, that, that, yes, that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought it was well done. Uh, I also like the fact that not only was it a, like a motivational speech, a speech that sort of had to happen, you know, in the movie, but also that it was used, parts of it were used as a plot device to unbrainwash the other Barbies. I thought that was clever. Um, and, uh, and I thought America delivered it perfectly. I mean, I, as far as, you know, I knew that, you know, when I'm watching it, of course I know that, you know, there's going to be those people that are going to look at this and be like, Oh, that's what I expected from this movie, blah, 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 whatever. It's like, if you're going to a Barbie movie and you don't think it's going to be (laughs) empowering for women, I don't, you know, that's like, that's just going to be ingrained in the movie itself. Like if the dolls are ingrained, like that's, that's the thing. Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I thought it was delivered really well. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't, I think I might've seen America and other things, but man, she really impressed me too. I thought sure her role was not an easy one. And I thought she did a really incredible job in this almost, almost stole the movie away from Barbie, which is kind of difficult to do. What do you think, Mike? Oh, I thought her character was great. I thought it was nice to have her almost be the anchor to the real world. And I liked what they did with her. I liked how she was the one who, when they went back to Barbie land, that she was able to snap the hypnotized Barbies out. And I loved the scenes. And I loved, you know, that she was like, no, you're not, the you know, was able to give the pep speech to Barbie to, you know, don't just lay there, just, you know, you can get up, you can do this. And it was very inspiring. And I liked that about her. And I liked how the daughter was able to see the light and come around too, because she was a jaded teenage biatch. And it was neat to see her conversion of it. And, you know, I loved the scene you know, it was fun having the Indigo Girls the first time, you know, closer I am to fine. But then when you had it with every all of them singing in the car together on the way back into Barbie land, it was awesome. And then then slowly like, wait a minute, what happened to my town? You know, and everything. And that was just it was perfect. 
I thought the mother and daughter scene at the end was oh, really special too. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so, but the, the thing with that speech, yeah, go ahead, I Nick. Say, I was just about to ask to you the, the people who say, "Oh, it's so obvious," I would say, "Well, that speech was not for you." No, it was okay? not. Okay, that speech was for the girls in the audience and the dads that brought them. It's for the people that need to hear that. Right. You yeah, may it's for not the, it, have actually put that all together previous. Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably for the guys, the 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 people who are not willing to listen to it anyway. That's um, tragic, so. but true. But but some will, some, some will. will, and yeah. some will hear it, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, for look, I I know that there's a lot of stuff in here that's probably like you know, you know, I've heard I've heard that criticism about this movie that it's the to this that or with the other. Um, but usually it's from people who are, look, I'm, I'm pretty insecure as a person, but I'm pretty comfortable in my man skin. And also to know that like, Hey, women have issues and they have just as much of a right to, to, to talk about them and deal with them on screen as men do. So let them, let it, let it happen. And, and, okay. and if they do that, then as a guy, I can understand it better, you know, like I can understand things better if I'm hearing it um, or seeing it like this. And and plugging into the biggest theme of this movie, this whole movie is about the collision of fantasy with reality. Um, and And Barbie has been trying to be about female empowerment, the, the, the line of toys. Do they get it right all the time? Oh, God, no. No one could. And, and I, I want Amy to stop me right now if I'm mansplaining feminism to anybody. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll stop you if I need to. Stop me. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, yes, Barbie Land is a wonderful paradise. It's more of a paradise than Themyscira Paradise Island is for the Amazons. Um, but it, when it collides with the real world, you're going to get friction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't disagree with that at all. And I and I think we see that. And it's a perfect it's it's a perfect way to 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 show that, I think, in this. Um uh I think it's really smart. I think it's really well done. Um I would not be surprised, you know, that like we said, Ryan is probably gonna be up for some awards. I hope that Greta gets a nod for best director. If she doesn't, that's that's a outrage. Um, I would even, you know, they got to, they got to put 10 up there. So I would hope that this would be a best picture candidate as well. Um, you don't think so? so? No. Or you don't want it to be? No, I don't think it will be. Well, also keep in mind that a lot of Oscar nominated movies are going to be bumped to next year after Oscar season. So this has a better chance than it would have (laughs) a normal year. So, uh, but I think it will be nominated for best screenplay for sure. Very much so. Um, absolutely. Um, I would love to see it in the best picture category. It's one of those movies that has really stuck with me where I could, the, the more I think about it, the I'm still thinking about it, you know, 24 hours later, I'm still thinking, I'm still ruminating. It's really stuck with me. Um, so yeah, I would love to see it get nominated for some things. And talking to you guys, I would love to see America Ferrera in his best supporting nomination. Nice. Yeah. Um, I would also, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, if, uh, they're looking for best supporting actress, uh, Kate McKinnon or even Rhea Perlman, um, like Uh. that, I mean, to use Rhea Perlman as, uh, Ruth Handler, what amazing like thing for that to throw in there. Like that was just, I did not expect that. 
And I don't know why, but it really made me emotional. I think it was, and because it was Rhea playing her too, not just the idea of the creator, but, uh, but the fact that Rhea was playing her just, I had been a while since I seen her on the big screen like that in a significant role. I thought she nailed it. She just, she had the sweetness that, that, that creator, the, um, the benevolence, the, the love she had for her creation, even in hearing how it was, you know, Barbie is such an interesting litmus test and what you see in Barbie. And she's aware of that. She's aware of the contradictions, but she still loves her creation and she wants what's best for her creation. You know, at the very, very end when she's talking to, um, Barbie about when Barbie's asking if she can be human and she's saying, um, I don't control you. You get to do, you get to do what you want, but just, and again, that delivery as an actress, she's like, you get to do what you want. I mean, there was no cynicism. There was no sarcasm. It's just, I can't wait to see what you choose to do. And I, I just, ah, oh, it was just an amazing performance. She, she was one of the reasons when one of my younger cousins said, I was surprised how emotional Barbie made me. I responded with, I'm surprised how emotional Barbie made me. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, um, as we start to wrap things up, like, so this is, this is a phenomenon. Uh, I think we've established it was a success at least the first weekend. I think it's got, uh, you know, uh, it, it could be one of the biggest movies of the summer, if not go, the biggest go, movie. Go ahead and say it. You think this doll has legs. I, I, I think I already used that <laughs> joke. So okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to run that one to the ground, but, uh, I will say, um, uh, we, I mean, we kind of already talked about Ken having his own movie. Mattel and Warner Brothers aren't stupid. They're, they want more where this came from, right? Do you want to see more Barbie? And if so, uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Do you want to see more Barbie? And if so, how? what, what kind I, what do you want to see? I would be very... I, I, I don't know if you can hit that home run twice or have a lightning strike in quite the same way again or whatever mixed metaphor you choose to use. Um, I, I, I'm worried that Mattel is, is looking at this, like we can be an IP property now doing mm-hmm. stuff like, uh, I, I, uh, I'd have to see who was attached to it. What was that line in, in, uh, in free guy sequels always suck. <laughs> well, you know, that's not always true. Uh, true, but but <laughs> you, you know it. Back. You know it. Sometimes is true, though. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, and don't even get me started on prequels. Uh, Amy, what about <laughs> Amy? What about you? Uh, uh, do you want to see more from Barbie Land? I think I would be willing to see more if they could take the same amount of time and attention and focus. Um on a sequel. Um, and I'm not really sure how to do that with Barbie. And I think it would have to be with Ken for Ken to figure out who he is. Um, Alan, <laughs> I love Alan. Hashtag free Alan. He's trying to get out. Let's help him. <laughs> um, Michael Sierra I, just has that. I mean, he's perfectly cast too, because <laughs> he's always just got that look like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me. <laughs> Michael said, I was like, wait, you're turning around. No, no, don't go back. <laughs> he's no, he's no oh. Scott Pilgrim in this. That's for sure. But I, I just feel like other, other than that, I mean, I think that that's a really high bar to try to do a sequel to this really kind of feels like a, a cash grab. 
Um, so if they could find a good story to tell, sure. I mean, I would be all, I'd be all for going back to, um, uh, Barbie land or the kingdom or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I would love that, but I want it to be a good story. I wouldn't just automatically show up. Oh, sure. Sure. I want it to be good. Sure. Absolutely. Mike, uh, do you want more? If they do it right. I think they could definitely, it depends on if Greta is attached to the project again, or, you know, it just all depends what they do. I just don't want to see them get greedy and start, you know, going to San Diego next year and putting up the sign coming in 2024, Ken coming up the, you know, then Barbie two, Barbie three, Barbie, four, you know, and, you know, I just don't want to see them oversaturate it. This was great. This was the right movie at the right time. And I think this is awesome. If I had a daughter, I probably would have taken her the first night. And you know what? All the power to it. And I hope, you know, they can come up with something really awesome for a sequel. What they're going to do, I don't know. But it's going to be very, you know, I want to see a movie starring Weird Barbie, you know. So I think it'd be cool. <laughs> the saga <laughs> of Weird Barbie. Um, I think it's possible. I mean, look, I think, you know, toys. You know, that's what I've always said about the Toy Story movies. I know a lot of people are like, oh, do we need another one? Toys last a long time. They can last decades and centuries even. Like, why not tell those stories using these 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 characters? Um, and I think Barbie is definitely something that can be... Uh, now, yes, do I want to, you know... Obviously, I don't want it to suck. Like, hey, let's bring in some more Barbie stuff and let's have it suck. That's not what I want at all. Nobody wants that. Um, and I, like I said, I do think that Warner Brothers and, and Mattel are looking at, you know, I mean, I, I know that they're already talking about a lot of bringing a lot of other toy uh, toys to life to the big screen. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe it'll be some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, crossover thing with Barbie. Ken and G.I. Joe. Come on, let's make that happen. Uh, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> okay. um, so I think that there's a lot of potential, a lot of possibilities that could be done here. So uh, I am up for for more as well. I mean, Greta would be great to have spearhead it if she, if she would so desires. Obviously, um, Margot as well. Um, even if we don't tell, that's the beauty of this. Even if we don't tell her like stereotypical Barbie's story anymore, like that might be done in the real world, but you can, you know, you've always got a stereotypical, typical Barbie in Barbie land. Like there's always going to be one, right? So, uh, she could be playing another, another kind of Barbie. I don't know. Um, but she, I, I do give her credit too, because she took this movie co-produced it was there every step of the way on promoting it i mean i have to love the fact i love the fact that like at every different premiere in every city she wore a different barbie outfit um i mean she really like cosplayed as barbie like all the time on the red carpet did such a great job and i i think um you know they brought something really great to the screen here and i i hope that there's more to come from them as well so um, that's, I think, all we've got to say about Barbie for now anyway, but, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we've got someone else 
good friend of ours, Felicity, is going to join us, uh, and she's got some thoughts about the Barbie movie as well. She's something of an expert, I think. Oh, um, <laughs> so we're going to hear from her, and then we're going to come back and close out the show. This is Felicity, a.k.a. the Mayor of Chickentown from the Flopcast, and I'm here with a Barbie collector's take on the Barbie movie. I enjoyed the movie a lot. The humor definitely works on more than one level, so while they're in-jokes, they're accessible enough for the audience to laugh in all the same places I did. Sometimes there was just a, a little bit deeper meaning that only a Barbie collector would appreciate, and I'm thinking in particular of the misfit toys that live with Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon. These represent some of the ill-advised choices Mattel has made over the years. Uh, focusing in on Barbie and Ken, I think the casting of Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling was perfect. Margot Robbie not only looks the part, but she really makes Barbie's emotional journey completely believable. And Ryan Gosling does the same for Ken, even though his arc is mostly played for laughs. I think the standout among the other versions of Ken is... Simu Liu from Shang-Chi. He's kind of the main rival for Ryan Gosling's Ken. And I selfishly, I wanted to see more of Shudi Gatwa, the future star of Doctor Who, but he does have a very striking look, so he does stand out. I mentioned Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie, and uh, the other Barbie who really makes an impression is Issa Rae as President Barbie. One of the central tensions in the movie is the divide between what Barbie's creator Ruth Handler envisioned for her and the sometimes problematic way this played out in The Dolls. I love the choice of embodying Ruth as a character, and she's played by Rhea Perlman. We also get Will Ferrell as the CEO of Mattel, with his uh, board made up of indistinguishable men in suits. I kind of thought this was a waste of Will Ferrell, and ultimately pretty superfluous. I think we didn't really need that aspect of the marketing of Barbie spelled out. I think it's kind of obvious. So Barbie has to confront how she's perceived in the real world, Far from being celebrated for bringing a paradise of female empowerment to Earth, she's somehow to blame for killing feminism. This sends her deeper into an existential crisis until she teams up with the mother-daughter pair played by America Ferreira and Ariana Greenblatt. I feel like the daughter really kind of strays into overly precocious territory. I don't think that tweens are that articulate, but then again, I haven't been that age since the 80s, so uh, maybe I'm really off base here. They all head back to Barbieland together, uh, where Ken, uh, having tasted the position of men in the real world, has completely inverted Barbieland. All the Barbies are brainwashed, and we have to save Barbieland by restoring the status quo. There's a really great song and dance number, and the movie really kicks into high gear from there. Another few things that made me laugh included the 2001-inspired prologue with a severed doll limb is tossed up into the air and becomes the Barbie logo. And uh, there's a really fun soundtrack of original music, but there's also uh, some songs that we know and love. I, I loved how Closer to Fine became the anthem of sisterhood. And then Pushed by Matchbox 20 was the uh, choice of the emo Kens when they were all playing guitar for their uh, Barbie counterparts. Overall, I certainly recommend the movie. It's fun and funny and occasionally poignant, but I think it's not quite as much of the latter as it wants to be. Hi, this is Jim Adams from Monster Attack, inviting you to join us every Monday night at 5 o'clock for an all-new episode of Monster Attack. 
For the last seven years, we've been talking about these wonderful movies that we grew up with as monster kids. So join us every Monday at 5 p.m. right here on the ESO Network. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. He's got his 57 Gretsch Duo Jet 6131 Firebird. He's leading a new three-piece rockabilly band, and he's on a mission from God. Well, he didn't say that last part, but he kind of is. Brian Setzer has not toured in four years. Uh, You may remember back in 2019, he was about to go out with the Brian Setzer Orchestra for the annual Christmas tour, holiday tour. And he got tinnitus and had to cancel. Has not toured since. He did put out an album in 2021 called Gotta Have the Rumble. Uh, But a few weeks ago, he was on stage playing a few songs with Brian Adams. And he has now announced that he will be on the road this fall. The tour starts September 27th and ends October 13th in his adopted hometown of Minneapolis. It's in support of his new album called The Devil Always Collects. Uh, That is coming out September 15th, and the single is available now. It's called The Girl on the Billboard. Um, You might be hoping for another holiday tour. Uh, Judging from his comments, it doesn't sound too likely this year. You may have to wait for next year. He says he will play the hits, um, but there's some covers and some other guitar things that he's been working on that he's never been able to get out on stage, so seems like the M.O. this year is going to be simple and stripped down and rocking and rolling. So looking forward to that. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we'll catch you next time. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, It's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here. Nick, thank you so, so much, sir. Anything? You're welcome. Uh, you know, people on the podcast can't hear the wave. I'm sorry to say. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm waving. Okay. Bye, Ken. Bye, Ken. Um, bye, Ken. Bye, Ken. Bye, Nick. Uh, bye, Nick. Well, what's, what's up? Uh, what's up? I you? can tell you right now, Futurama's back, baby. Yay. Um, the, the, the newest Futurama episodes come out tonight. That's that's my thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, just started up and started with a bang, which is going to be cool. That's all I could tell you. I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> Spoilers! That's right. Amy, thank you so, so much. Wow, thanks for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Anything you want to shout out about? Oh, I am so enjoying so much TV right now. Um, I'm loving Strange New Worlds. This season has just made me so happy in so many ways. Um, Did you watch the crossover one yet? Yes. Yes. That was awesome. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, so, so enjoying enjoying. We're getting a musical. I, I, yes. (laughs) I'm already sad. The season isn't even over yet, and I'm already sad. I already miss it. 
Um, I'm really looking forward to the new season of Good Omens that's about to come out. Yep. Um, yeah, What We Do in the Shadows just came back out. Um, right now, uh, Secret Invasion, I'm enjoying that. I'm just, right now, it's just, it's, it's great TV time. Mm-hmm. It's tons of fun. And, you know, yes, the strike sucks. Yes, it's going to be bad three months from now when there's no new stuff for us to watch. But the good thing about streaming or if you have different cable services and such, there's so much archives of great stuff to get caught up on. And that's provided provided they're still there (laughs) and they don't get yanked. You should do a whole episode just on that. It's possible. Yanking off? No. Yeah, well... (laughs) Well, I'll 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 leave your titling it to you, but you you know you know the the uh, the problems of which I speak. I yes. do know what you speak, my friend. I totally know. But yes, but even with there's some amazing stuff. So pretty awesome. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Absolutely. I know how you love me promoting other podcasts on this show, but um, there's one that I wanted to make a note of and, and give a shout out to because uh, I really appreciate her as an actress and as a person. And that is uh, Katie Sackoff, who um, is, uh, she played, you know, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. She was in Longmire. She's been in tons of other shows. She started her own podcast. And I always thought that she had the makings of a pretty good uh, podcast person uh, from various interviews and things I've seen from her. And she started, so she finally started her own podcast. It's available on YouTube. It's available on audio as well. It's called Blah, Blah, Blah with Katie Sackoff. And her second episode, she interviews Bryce Dallas Howard, which is another woman figure that I uh, mm-hmm. really admire, but I don't know much about. And so they talk for an hour and a half and it is an amazingly frank discussion. Uh, and I encourage everybody who's interested in either personality or even just in a good conversation to check it out. Um, and uh, she's not only got about a handful of episodes out so far. So if you're looking for something to, to grab onto right from the beginning, uh, check out blah, blah, blah by uh, with Katie Sackoff. That is awesome. Katie is an amazing, amazing talent, and she's just a great, great overall person. So it's pretty cool. Definitely check it out, my friends. Um, Amy kind of stole my thunder a little bit with my, what my shout-out was going to be. I was going to shout-out that what we do in the shadows is back, my friends. And they had the what fourth episodes out already, and it is amazing. And they pick up right off you know, where they left off with. And it is a ton of fun. Some of the most dysfunctional vampires you're ever going to meet. <laughs> it doesn't hurt that they're from <laughs> Staten Island to, to top it off. So it is a ton of fun. And I am, I, every week you just like, okay, they did this. Now what are they going to do? And each week it's, it's just craziness and i don't want to ruin any of the plots for this season because there's some interesting dynamic changes in the house and that's all i want to say with it but it's it's a ton of fun and you know what check it out if you can it's up on hulu and it's also up on fx if you get the chance all right that's going to wrap up the episode for tonight thanks for listening to the earth station one podcast always remember we could not do this without you folks 
If you want to help support the podcast, please check out our T Public store and get some really cool ESO Network swag. Also remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, that's right. We come out at least a day or two before exclusively for our patrons. That's right, folks. You too can join Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And you know what? It's a great way to help support us, helps keep the lights on in the station and, you know, hosting and, you know, new new equipment, all that kind of fun stuff. And it's really awesome that, you know, we have so many fun folks up there and Thank you folks so much. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. We want to hear from you. So please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find earthstation1 wherever fine podcasts are found. So please tell your friends and tell your neighbors about us. We would really appreciate if you subscribe or at least like, leave a review. That's how people find us. And if you are up on YouTube and watching us, thank you for making it this far into the video. Our our numbers would love you for that. Our stats would love you for that. And you know what? It's always great if you do. And if you've made it this far, like and subscribe, like and subscribe and click the little thumbs up and also the star. So that way, if you get a chance, we come to you twice a week. You will get an email notification saying, hey, Earth Station One released another episode. Yes, we're doing these two times a week. Oh, boy. So this is always the fun part of the show. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us, folks. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Michael Gordon, Nick Frazier, and Ms. Amy Chandler, thank you so much. And as always, we'd like to say, hi, Barbie. I can. Hi. I can. <laughs> hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. Life in plastic. Fantastic, you can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. Come on, Barbie, let's go pop. Hey, what are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. I just bought it. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.